This is the 4 Nail Written All Over It podcast. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the 4 Nail podcast. Myself and Ollie. Hello, good evening, welcome back to the 4 Nail Written All Over It podcast. Myself and Ollie, as you just said, are back like we never left you. Episode 2 of our brand new podcast and probably the episode that you are most likely to be listening to first, given our pilot style approach to last week and given how I plan to promote this over the weekend and as the video comes out for our trip to Wickham. Thanks for being with us. Looking forward to chatting through what we've got lined up with your company. As we mentioned last week, this is something that we've been wanting to have available to you for a little while by way of a supplement to what we already have. Some might say a, a rounded social media package we now offer here on Four Nail Over It. It's fantastic. It really is. This is the final piece to the jigsaw. It is. Of the Four Nail written all over it. I don't know what you'd call it. Group. PLC. PLC. <laughs> Four Nail PLC. Just to start with, we will be top of the group is what you said to me this time last week. And so it turns out. Yeah. Story checks out. Yeah, I did predict that last week, it has to be said. I mean, it, I don't think it was too difficult to predict with our group. I'm quite surprised by Wales, if I'm honest with you. I thought they would have made a better go at that. Um, I was a bit disappointed with them and, and the point of view afterwards. You know, Gareth Bell came out in an interview and said, you can't question the team's work ethic. They put a lot of effort in. But from what I saw of every game they played, I, I don't think they did actually work particularly hard in any of those games. I, I don't think they showed a lot of heart. I don't think they really fought for it. It looked like a very tired team at the end of a cycle, really, if anything else. And it was it was a shame after they did so well to get there in the first place that they weren't able to at least put in a performance against someone like the USA or Iran. You know, I don't think they're ever going to beat us, in honesty. I think we had sort of a score to settle there. And we deserved the win, rightly so. They didn't look very good, did they, Wales? They, no. they really looked quite... quite um pants yeah I, I obviously yeah yeah it's a very good summary yeah um yeah i think bale was looking very tired wasn't he i mean he was it was questionable coming into it whether he would play and he came out saying if i'm needed to play 390s i'll play 390s i'll be ready mm. but he never looked up for it did he? not like he has done before normally when he plays for wales he puts in a really good performance and he's he's a different level to he is at the club football really but i don't think we saw any of that from him i thought ramsey was a little bit slow compared to what he can be like as well. Um, and Joe Allen as well. You know, Joe Allen's coming back from an injury really well. That They did really well to get him there in the first place. But I think it, they fell into the trap that we fell into years ago when we had the likes of Rooney, Lampard. Um, <laughs> thanks, Loki. <laughs> when we had uh, <laughs> Rooney, Lampard, Gerrard, and we, we started playing the big names because that's who we feel like we should play. And I think that's what Wales have done this year. They've played the big names because they who they feel like they should play. But actually, you know, is an injured Joe Allen going to be any better than a fit another centre midfielder? We'll get on to uh, our thoughts on on England in a moment or two. We'll start the podcast how we mean to start every single one of them. Is that by and that is by talking about Pompey first and foremost. Delighted to be through to the third round of the FA Cup and even more delighted with the draw that we were greeted with on Monday night. That is fantastic, isn't it? I have to say, look, I think, did we both sit here last week and say it was going to be a very tough game? Yes. Ipswich away, they were fielding a very strong side, if I remember rightly. Um, and we both said, you know, it's, it's going to be difficult going to Portman Road and getting a win from that. So the fact we were able, able to get that 2-0 victory is massive. And I think it's a, a credit to the, the heart in our team and what the Cowleys are doing and managed to rally a team up to go away to Portman Road and beat them just shows what we are capable of. Um, and hopefully that will push through to the end of the season now. And a 3-2 FA Cup win against MK Dons as well. Well, It wasn't easy by any stretch. I don't know if you've seen any of the goals back, but... 
It was um, quite something to behold. A couple of fantastic finishes, a little bit of dodgy defending, which I mm. think kind of personifies the Pompey group. But um, we'll, we'll go on to, to talk about the actual draw that we've been given because, you know, you, you progress in any way, don't you? And, and I think teams are just, or we are just happy as a team to be able to get through to the third round. I think however way you do it, you just got to do it, haven't you? Yeah, well, It's we, one of those things. Yeah, we know that MK Dons aren't in the best run of form this year we said that last week um but they have come into it a little bit in the in more recent weeks so it was nice to get that win and again i think that we said at that point it's a game we should be going into with the attitude of winning mm. um so to have that confirmed and have a 3-2 win that you know it's a great result and an even better result for us is what we the next round you know having going away to someone like tottenham is mm. going to be great for the club it's going to be difficult for us don't get me wrong Hopefully they'll field a weak side and we'll have, a, have an opportunity there. Well, think funny you should say that. They have actually got Arsenal at their place the weekend after. So, so they're not they, going to want to risk Harry Kane, this are they? This is the thing, Against Sean Raggett. This is it. Yeah, are you going to want to risk it against a Pompey side who are likely to be incredibly tough and physical against you and try and get all the nippy little bits of the game that they can out of it? Yeah. Are you going to want to risk your first and foremost talent on the pitch? Probably not. And amazing to think, here comes a little bit of a 4-0 stat for you. We will be visiting the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, having won the competition we are playing in more time than the hosts this century. Pompey won it once in 2008 and Tottenham are yet to win the FA Cup this side of 2000. And we beat Tottenham on the road to that in the semi-final. We did, yes. So, yeah, maybe we can do them again. Who knows? I mean, we did have Salimantari and people like that back then playing for us. Asana Diara. Yeah, had some names, Nico Cranchar, Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe. There was some players in there, wasn't there, back in the day? It's got this kind of feel David about it, James. though. David James. It has got this kind of feel about it. This sort of... It's not an underdog nature to Danny Cowley's sort of set-up, but it, it does feel very kind of looking to upset the narrative kind of team. I don't know. He's kind of come to us with that track record of obviously his success in the FA Cup with Lincoln and we all know the kind of giant killing runs that he liked to put together it's he, he has got that kind of about him hasn't he yeah I think he's got the ability just to to give the team confidence and like you said we are underdogs and there's no question about that everyone in that dressing room will be very much aware from that but then equally we have the least to lose Mm. Yeah, we're we're not going no one's expecting us to go to Tottenham away and put them away 2-0 and be convincing with a win Everyone's expecting Tottenham to steamroller us 4-0. Mm. So if we lose 4-0, it's, oh, well, that's expected we're playing Tottenham away. But if we get a 1-0 or a 2-1 or we manage to sneak something or it goes, it won't go to penalties, will it? It'll go to an away replay fixture. Replay at Fratton Park. Yeah, it'll go to a replay. So, you know, if we manage to sneak a draw out of it last minute or we, we put in a performance that's worthy, I think it's just going to show some heart of the team it will show the fans what we're capable of in terms of against a more footballing side because we we haven't really seen that this year, have we? You know, so it'd be nice to see how we perform in, in a bit more open play and against a side that are going to be a very strong calibre on a big pitch, let's face it. They're not going to waste any time, are they, Tottenham, for example? It's not going to be like Wickham Wanderers at the weekend, no, is it? No, they're no. not going to be sitting in the corner holding the ball. They're either going to pick us apart or we'll have a good game of football. And, you know, hopefully we can come out of it having a good game of football with our heads held high and with a decent result and a good away day. Obviously, everyone's absolutely delighted with the draw that we've been given and there's a great home game that's been given to Oxford United as they play Arsenal at the Casam. Also, Sheffield Wednesday have Newcastle United to host at Hillsborough, which I'm sure will be an amazing occasion there. Um, there will, of course, be an argument, Ollie. No doubt there is overwhelming positivity about getting Spurs away and understandably so. We're all delighted. 
but a bit of internal conflict perhaps. Do we want distractions like this away from our league concerns that week before we, when we play Ipswich on the 29th of this month and then a month's time we have Charlton at home on New Year's Day. Eyes will understandably be looking ahead at that point and we must make sure our vision's not blurred for those two really key league battles before our capital trip to Tottenham. Yeah, I don't think it will. You know, I, I think it, we're obviously going to field the strongest side we can against Tottenham at Tottenham. You know, we're, we're, I don't imagine the Cowleys are going to go into this game thinking, oh, let's put out a bit of a B team and rest some of our better players because we, we want to go there to show what we can do. Um, but that shouldn't take away from what we're doing in the league. You know, we're, at every point in this season, you can get an injury. There's, there's no question about that. And I think you're less likely to get an injury against someone like Tottenham than you are against any other team. They're going to play pretty... Let's face it, they're not going to be chucking into big challenges, are they? They're not going to want to have that in any way, shape or form come back their way. So it'll probably be a very fair game of football. The only thing it's going to do is is take a bit out of the legs of some of our players because we are going to have to work hard in that game and they will work us. Mm. So... I think all, all it is really is, is a great experience for the club, great experience for the players as well to go and play in that new stadium at Tottenham, have that whole experience of that away dressing room. It's going to be unbelievable for the team. And I think it's going to be a massive positive lift to them to encourage them to want to get to that point as well and push them into the championship where you get to go to more grounds like that. Not like the Tottenham ground as such, but better quality grounds. Take someone like Colby Bishop playing for Accrington Stanley as their number nine not too long ago. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you're thrusted into the spotlight and you're number nine leading the line for the away team in the third round of the FA Cup at probably what is the the, the greatest domestic stadium in this country. Yeah. Wembley. Yes. It's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, it's the most... Let's think that, you know, you look at what they've done there, mm. what Daniel Levy's built in that place. They host massive NFL games there. You know, it is a huge arena. Doesn't the pitch like go the, under it? It's got two pitches. That's crazy. So it's got a pitch that sits on top that splits open and an NFL pitch that comes yeah. out. It's absolutely bonkers. The place is incredible. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to be an experience. And everything's going to be state of the art there. You know, the dressing rooms will be state of the art. There'll be so much space that the players won't know where they're coming. Like Fratton Park, let's face it, is an old stadium. Had a lot done to it though. There's a lot done to it, but it's still an old stadium. It's still very much like a traditional football club and a traditional football stadium. When was it built? Like 1892, wasn't it? Something like that. Well, 1898 we were founded, weren't we? And I think they 1899 was the ground was first sort of yeah. But bit it is very old. You're right, and it's gonna feel like a long way from home, definitely. Yeah. But uh, something that won't feel too far away from home. It kind of leads on to what I want to speak to you about now is that. The FA Cup means different things to different teams and I mentioned Oxford fans will be made up with a visit from Arsenal because with respect it might be quite some time until they play them again. You've mentioned your Sully Mentaris of this world. For us it's more of a reminder of the good old days, isn't it? When Tottenham away not too long ago was a regular trip Yeah. for a number of seasons. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I mean I remember I saying about Arsenal at home, one of my the first games I think I remember watching in the Prem was Arsenal and they had Thierry on replaying. Yeah. And it was unbelievable, and you know you, you get to see players like that, and it it is really another level. It really is, and it gives you that excitement and hunger for more. Mm. Yeah, 
it's um it's it is gonna it's gonna feel strange, isn't it? It really is. And I'm sorry I'm a little bit distracted, but Germany yeah, have the, just gone three two up the, against the, um you might want to explain to everyone who might yeah. be listening. So currently whilst we're recording this, uh, Japan are playing Spain and Germany are playing uh, Costa, Costa Rica. Rica. Yeah. At uh, the point which we started this podcast, Spain and Germany were both out of the World <laughs> Cup at that point because of the, the way the result was going. Now, at this moment in time, Spain are currently losing to Japan somehow 2-1. They do have a lot of pressure and there's only five minutes left to play. But Germany have managed to turn it around. So at this moment, I think Germany... Well, no, because... Because Germany are beating Costa Rica, Spain have actually jumped back up into second place. Oh, wow. So Spain are currently so through because Germany are winning. Yes. And it's now all Germany very are relying on Spain to win to get them through. Yes. Oh, um, no. Hang on. No, oh, that, that's, that's the replay. Of that's the, goal. the Yeah, that's the goal going in. That's have a score in the third one for Germany. So, so it's all rather strange at the moment. So if Spain score now, Germany will Germany jump Japan or not? That's the question. Because Japan will drop down. No, Germany to have four got points. maximum points they can have at the minute. Yeah, so Japan will drop to four though, and Spain will drop go to five. So Spain will be yeah, definitely. Yeah, but Japan's three. goal difference will be then the same as Germany's. This is all very strange. We're, well, I'm I'm sure you will know the permutations by the time you listen to this, and we we probably I within, hope so. Within the next one, we're putting it up in the next four minutes. Within, <laughs> <laughs> within, within you probably know the permutations, yeah, but. By the um by the time we finish the podcast, we will probably know who has qualified and who hasn't. Um, it's quite exciting. This yeah, this is almost like a live response to a very interesting turn of events in this group. Was it Group F? This group is e. this is Group E. Yes, this is Group E, and I think this is the far. Am I right in saying it's the final group to be? Just no, C and H have still got to be decided. So we've got a little bit. These are the two penultimate. So the 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 two fixtures earlier on where. Morocco beat Canada 2-1 and there was the nil-nil for but I was in that funny Belgium going home by the way yeah De Bruyne tears yeah I mean I'm, I'm not surprised again I think they've got some big names in that team but they've only really got a handful of big names and the rest of the players let's face it aren't really that well known I think America probably have a more well-known squad in terms of premiership players than, than uh, Belgium do so mm. I'm not overly surprised by it and I th- you know they they get hyped up every year Belgium and they never really perform or or release the potential that everyone expects them to have. Mm. Um well um what we'll do then in in which case is seeing as we've kind of we basically we're sat here in um in Georgie's room on, and Japan. we've got um we've got the, the games up on the screen which is the same um implement or devices we're using to record this on so we're both very close to the screen and we're in, we're enjoying getting these last couple of minutes um what we might do is because we've kind of started to talk about it we'll we'll get on to the world cup um anyway now because we, we're already on the subject and we'll come back to league one at the end because i do want to have a, a quick and it will be nice to round off the first podcast of december and december the first and whatever with a kind of look ahead to our december games yeah definitely. um so we'll, we'll we'll go to england mood about the team at the moment is good and yes they perhaps haven't been challenged as other teams have and yes there are certainly tougher games to come including france next weekend which is the uh, well i say including france next weekend should france beat poland which i think they probably will it will then be an england france quarter final um, which is um, which is a, a, a tough ask, I think. But you can only play the games in front of you, and so far, so good from an England point of view. Yeah, I think that it's it's quite a strange time to be an England fan. It almost feels very much like being a Pompey fan, if I'm <laughs> honest. It feels like when we win, we're the best thing that's ever happened. 
Yeah. When we lose, we're absolutely terrible and we shouldn't be playing football. And that was very much, you know, after after the USA game when we drew 0-0. Was it 0-0? It was 0-0, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was a very boring game of football. I mean, to the point where I've forgotten the scoreline. That's how boring <laughs> it was. I know it was a draw, um, but it was a very boring game of football. And we never looked like we got out of first gear. We never looked like we really performed. And everyone after that point was questioning, oh, Gareth Southgate should have done this and he should have done that. And it's all well and good in hindsight, but it was the same team that just smashed... Um, uh, Iran. Iran 6-2 and Iran are a top 20 side mm. so you know we came out that game and everyone was pumping they were going oh England are great look at this result what a great it's nice to see us taking apart a team all of a sudden we drew 0-0 and oh we've got no chance we're going to be out we're not even in decision making for the World Cup anymore then we go beat Wales 3-0 and everyone's like oh that's what England can really do again yeah. Um, it's I, a lot. I, there was a lot of clamour about Phil Foden that game, wasn't there? And then, he, to be fair to him, he did score, didn't he? Rightfully he got on a so. Performance. You know, I do think Phil Foden is one of our better players. Mm-hmm. I've got, there's no doubt in my mind that he is. But then you've also got to look at the attacking players that we have in that team available to us. We have the likes of Saka, who's been in great form for years and played in this formation with Southgate for years. We've got um, Grealish, who's coming on in off the bench every pretty much every game and, and causing a bit of a stir. We've got Sterling, who's played well for us so far in this World Cup. You know, we've got Foden as well up there. We've got Kane. We've got Rashford. We've got six there, just six players that you classify as world class attacking players. The, to choose. Did from. you mention Grealish? Yeah, yeah. So we've got Grealish, Foden, Saka, Sterling, Kane, Rashford. You've got um, a, a front six of a, a real crop to pick from. Yeah, you? You and, really and, and it's not going to be easy for Southgate to make his selection. I think Grealish came out in an interview and he said that he was always questioned as part of the England setup because a lot of players said, oh, we, obviously Southgate doesn't like Grealish. And he was like, but that's not to say he doesn't like me. He's just, mm-hmm. I don't suit that setup and I, I play for him, but I play a different role for him than I would do at City or I would do somewhere else. And now... Madison wasn't playing and everyone's saying, oh, he doesn't like Mads. Mads isn't a good player. But actually, he's now playing and everyone's like, oh, Foden's not a good player. He's not picking Foden. And he doesn't, Southgate doesn't like Foden. And it's all the, and it's constant questions and scrutiny being an England manager. But let's not forget, he got us to the final of the Euros and the semi-final of the World Cup before that. So, you know, we've performed extremely well under Southgate. as a When have we ever seen that run of form where we're looking so strong? under any England manager this consistently. And there's still question marks in this tournament to whether he should still be our manager, which I find absolutely incredible. Because mm. I think he's done a great job, and this is the first time I've seen England perform as a team of players, rather than some Man City players, some United players, some Arsenal players, some Tottenham players. They're all jumped together on a pitch that are meant to be world-class, have got to learn to play together. This actually seems like a unit that are working together and want to be with each other, which we haven't seen in years. So it's really exciting to be an England fan at the minute, I think. A little bit of an update from the flight deck. It's now 4-2 Germany against Costa Rica, but the um, Spanish are very much looking in no hurry. You right there? Decided to open a drawer directly below the microphone. So sorry if you um, had a little we'll, bit of a. We'll edit that out. Well, well we, we might we might just leave it in for the last. <laughs> um, Spain not in a real hurry to get the ball into the penalty area into seven minutes of added time in their game. They know they are going through and do not seem to be in the mood to save the Germans. Can them. we talk about this added time situation? I think it's good. I like it hmm? because I think this is shows how much the Premier League have got used to just playing the game as time wasters. Mm. And it's become almost like a habit. And of League it's, One. It's we love habit. it in League One. Yeah, and how many times have you seen it where teams completely waste time? And I, I think a lot about rugby. 
as soon as the ball goes out in rugby, the clock stops mm. and it starts again. And you play 80 minutes, even more if the ball stays in play after 80 minutes because it has to go out of play or the player has to stop for it to actually end the game at that point. Mm-hmm. So you see this in the World Cup and we've seen nine minutes of added time at the end of a at the end of a game, nine minutes of added time at the end of the first half in cases. There was 24 minutes of added time in England's first game against Iran. Yes, there was a bit of an injury to the keeper in the first half, but it was 14 in the first and 10 in the second half. Yeah, and so, that, but that's the way it should be because they're actually going, how long does the game stop for? How long is the ball out of play let's for? Get and, and, and let's get 90 minutes. Let's get 90 minutes of actual football in, which it should be. And I think that if you continually do that, you'll see less clubs time waste and it will become a more a better game of football for everyone. So I think that actually what they're doing in, in Saudi, Saudi Arabia, in Qatar, sorry, <laughs> um, is really good for the, for the game. And hopefully you start to see that filter into more of the Premier League stuff going forward. So the big question, here we go. Now, I rang you last night about this. I said, I've had a bit of a thought and I think we'll use this for the podcast. So here we go. Would you prefer England to win the World Cup, which they may be just a matter of days from doing so now? It's, what, 16, 17 days until that final. Or would you prefer Pompey to be promoted this season? Now, that question, although quite simple in its in its sort of... In, simple in its entirety? What am I trying to say? Although it's quite simple as a question, it's not a complex question, it's a... It's, Very straightforward. It's an A or a B, isn't it? Yeah, fifty yeah. fifty. It's a 50-50. It, it does have layers to it because you're, you're either thinking with your international football hat on as your country, patriotism comes into play when considering your answer, or you're thinking your club, your one true love, the reason why you fell in love with football in the first place, most likely. Very few people fall in love with international football, first and foremost. No. With well, that in mind, what what would sorry I'm giving you a massive build up, but what would be your response? I hate to say it, no, because God. of this podcast, but it's it isn't a question for me. There is a straightforward answer to this, and that would be for England to win the World Cup. Right. Now I think that because it is a once in a lifetime experience. Okay. The last time we won the World Cup was 1966. I would never have seen that in my lifetime. Dad did. Dad did. That's because he's very old. <laughs> very old indeed, Andrew. Yes. Um, he doesn't know how to listen to podcasts. So he he might not look like. old, but mm. he is very old. People do say he doesn't look his age. He doesn't look his age, no. but he's, he's almost 80. <laughs> um, you, you wouldn't believe it looking at him, but he's getting uh, there. So if you yeah. see him, just say, happy 80th, Andrew. <laughs> um, don't say that. <laughs> Please don't say that. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, I think that England, I've got no doubt in our mind that Pompey will get promoted out of League One. This maybe, season? Maybe not this season. Oh, Ollie. Right. I'm not saying we won't. I'm saying maybe not this season. You know, we haven't had the most fantastic run of form uh, of, of recent time. We dropped out of the top six. You know, it, we're not in a very strong position for me to sit here and say confidently we're going to get promoted. But regardless of that, I do wholeheartedly believe we'll get out of League One. We're not going to go backwards from this point. We're too strong a club in that position. We've got too much finance behind us. We've got a lot of very, very strong, good supporters that love the club and will pace it for a season ticket every year, and which helps the club obviously push forward and, and keep us at the level we're at. But I think there's so many really strong international teams with like France, you know, we said Belgium, Germany, Spain, um, Brazil, 
Holland, even you know, there's some really Italy in their in their rightful in their rightful space with the right players. There's some really strong international footballing teams that make it so difficult to win something like a World Cup, and it only comes around every four years. It is now official. Spain and Japan have qualified, and Germany are out of the World Cup. Well done, Japan. Now this is what Wales should have been doing. What showing some heart. And putting themselves out there. Japan, rightfully so in that group, shouldn't have qualified. Do you mean England's C team? What Wales. do you mean? Wales, well, yeah. But um, Would, would you like it, to know a, um, a little matter of fact? Yeah, I know that the majority of the Welsh players were actually born in the UK, weren't so, they? Or born in England. Kiefer Moore was born in Torquay, mm. which is in Devon. Joe Morrell was born in Ipswich. Dan James, former Leeds United player, of course. Hull. Chris Meppham was born in Harrow. Brennan Johnson, as we know, was born in Nottingham. Ethan Ampadu was born in Exeter, which is also in Devon. And Jonathan Williams had his first days of his life spent in Tunbridge Wells. So there's quite a few yeah, names there. But then, <laughs> I, I understand that are that. first and foremost English, so why? That's, that's another yeah, maybe a be, point. Because is, they're born in England doesn't make them English. Well, te- not necessarily. Technically, I mean, technically they te- are. Technically they are. I understand that, but there's lots of people that are born, you know, in army camps somewhere, and you know, and and they come back as a British citizen because they're they're born on British land. It doesn't mean because they're, they're in Iraq that they're now Iraqi because they were born in Iraq. You can so, play for either England or Wales as a British citizen, can't you? Yeah, technically, exactly. Right. So right. that's where there's a bit of a grey area. Is yeah, it is the British and, Isles, isn't it? And yeah. the United Kingdom and all that. And fair play to them. If they want to play international football and they want to do that and they've got Welsh heritage, Welsh family, whatever, and that's how they align themselves, then yeah, all to them, give it a go. But what I'm more disappointed with about those players, not where they were born, <laughs> is more about how they conducted themselves in the World Cup, you know, Japan, like we were just saying, you shouldn't have gone through that group. You've got Germany and Spain in there, two very strong international sides that have gone to World Cups time and time again. They should be demolishing people in that group, like Japan and like Costa Rica. And granted, Costa Rica did get a bit of a battering. Mm. But didn't they draw with Germany? Please don't quote random facts that I, I haven't believe checked. they drew with Germany. No, Germany beat them 2-1. No, No, they beat Germany 2-1. Sorry, my apologies. So there you go. So you shouldn't, you know, teams shouldn't be losing to the likes of Japan that are like Germany or like Spain, which is what's happened tonight. Hmm? Both Germany and Spain lost to Japan in that World Cup group, which is almost unfathomable. Imagine putting a bet on that. They both lost 2-1 as well. Imagine putting a bet on that at the start of the World Cup in Spain and Germany to lose to Japan. You just wouldn't do it. So, it, But they've come out, they've showed some real heart, some real passion. They've worked hard against some really big sides they shouldn't beat. And they've come through with the result. And fair play to them, they deserve it. Japan, it's just a shame that other teams, such as Wales, didn't do a similar thing. Japan are ranked lower than Iran. <laughs> yeah, I know. The crux of the question, and to take it back to the big question, would you prefer England to win the World Cup? So you're, you're establishing your reasons and feel free to jump in and say if I'm wrong on this. But the, the generational me- feeling to it is one thing for you. You're, you're a big fan of the fact that it is a generational thing. Um, and sorry, I'm a little bit distracted. We've been joined by a visitor. Um, you're talking about the generational influence. You're also talking about how... Maybe it's the country coming together. I don't know if you meant. Did you mention that and kind yeah, of I, the way in which Spurs, Arsenal fans, not really Pompey Southampton because they'd never be anything to tie those two together. But you know what I mean. 
people are happy to watch Saka and Kane on the same pitch or split the differences if they're Chelsea or West Ham with the Mason Mount, Declan Rice, whatever. There's a great example, Marcus Rashford and Phil Foden taking a picture of the Manchester boys, England. Some people will be detested by that. Yeah, there will be. But I think the, the big thing about England when they play football together is everyone in that pub whether they support Chelsea, Man United, Liverpool... Everyone's England. Tottenham are all English. Mm. And if we win, they're super happy. If we lose, they're distraught. Together. And and, and it's together, yeah. yeah. And those people would never be in the same pub if it was Tottenham versus Chelsea. Because they would be... This is true. And and I think that's a really nice thing about international football is it does bring all these people together that actually wouldn't normally mix with one another because of where they live, which is a bit bonkers when you think about Mm. it. But it shows that solidarity and we can also... The final of the Euros was mental. That was absolutely crazy, wasn't it? I remember going... I went to a pub to watch that with some friends and it was... Thanks for the invite. And it was bonkers. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't invited. It was only my close friends that went to that. Um, (laughs) Close friends, aunties, that kind of stuff, really. The important people in my life. Everyone is important. But no, it was an open-air thing just... And it was on a TV. It wasn't like an arranged thing, but it was just more, let's let's watch it on a TV outside and and see what happens. Camaraderie with it is amazing. It it? was incredible to see. Absolutely incredible. And I would love to see us get to the final of a World Cup and and win. That would be incredible, I think. I think that would be... I, I hope that a lot of the fans listening to this... Don't hate me for saying it because obviously I do want Pompey to get promoted. This That's the not... one that everyone's listening to as well. Ollie. It's, it's the big it's, first it's one exactly. as well. So you know, I hope you don't all hate me because I think that I've got some valid reasons there, and I hope you all stand and understand those reasons and realise yeah. that there is something quite good about a World Cup victory. I'd add one more onto that. Um, it's a very sort of um, refined example, but it's quite a good one. So when when England are playing. On you know on Snapchat when you can kind of click on everyone to message or you can message people individually, I can always do a group message to everyone I have on Snapchat that I speak to on a regular basis. Oh, everyone, you know what I mean. The people that I have on Snapchat that I speak to, I can message everyone and go, "Here we go, then. Come on, England, it's coming home." Or hour to go to the game, or send them a picture from the pub and go, "Oh, I hope you're enjoying it." And then they will then send one back and say, yeah, this is where I am watching it or whatever. With Pompey, I have to be quite selective because after the game, I can't go, come on! And like, mate of mine who's a Lincoln... Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mate of mine who's a Lincoln fan just lost 2-0 at home. And I'm like, yeah, there's not... Stuffing in his face. Yeah, yeah. there's not quite the same. um, Not quite the same. Obviously, my answer will be Pompey. Um... Although you are enticing me massively and I completely, completely agree and I'm I'm on board with everything you've said about England winning the World Cup because it would be a major, major national occasion, wouldn't it? It would be humongous. Um, But I think... It'll be interesting to see what what you guys think listening, you know. A lot of people will be club over country. And and I know Ben, who's a Fleetwood fan, is very much, oh, I'd prefer a Fleetwood throw-in over an England World Cup win. And I, I, I and honestly, those, those are his words. And I, I, I can see the point there. And as much as we both love Pompey and we've bled Pompey from the day we were both born through no fault of our own, that was Andrew's fault entirely. But, <laughs> and our other brother will back us up on that too, yeah. that it's kind of, did he ever say to you, you either support Pompey or go and live somewhere else with it? Is that yeah. what he said? Yeah, yeah he said, he that said that, that well. you've got no problem. You can go support whoever you want to support. 
Um, but if you don't support Pompey, you've got to find somewhere else to live. Mm. So I think that was a pretty straight... When you're 11, it's a bit difficult to find <laughs> your own place to live. So we ended up staying at home and obviously um, Pompey fan as a consequence. That was the choice, wasn't it? That was the choice. So, and and I, I think I, I will kind of, and this is not me trying to carry favour with anyone who's listening to Ollie outraged at the fact that he said that he would rather an England win. But <laughs> I think the camaraderie between Pompey fans, and I, I don't know whether that's just because we have a, uh, a channel that brings a lot of people together when we talk to a lot of people on a regular basis and we kind of, we've, we've got so, so many people that we've spoken to in the past that have always been, amazing with us coming up to us and saying oh we love the videos oh we love Pompey oh it's that one thing that ties us all together and the reason why I'm, I'm friends with a lot of my closest pals is because of Pompey and I think first and foremost that's that's really something that that's kind of uh it's a uh, it's a it's been a massive thing for me and it's a massive part of our lives and it's really important to us and and every success is a Pompey success and Pom- Pompey defines my mood on a weekly daily sometimes basis it really does, and and I don't I don't think that's something that happens quite as much, England wise as it does. England no. defines your mood for a two week period every two years. No, I understand. But that. And, and, Pompey is very much a life thing. But a once in a lifetime with England, so you're weighing up a lifelong ambition with a once in a lifetime opportunity. So that's why I think you can probably be you can actually probably sit on the fence. I said, I'd love England to win the World Cup, but I'd also love Pompey to to be promoted this season. Right, let's wrap up because we've got some risotto downstairs that Ollie wants to go and eat. Um, (laughs) That's not the only reason. No. We don't want to bore you for an hour either. League One, normally the part of the podcast that we dedicate to as a look at the league and as a whole and the way that Pompey fit into the setup of it this week. No league action to report on since we last spoke to you, so I thought we could go through our upcoming month both for Pompey here on the channel because uh, both for Pompey, sorry, and here on the channel because it's a really busy time of year. Starting with our trip to Adams Park to face Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham, Gareth Ainsworth's Wickham side, who are winless at home since they beat Peterborough, which is a tough thing to do, by the way. Um, on the fifteenth of October, just two league wins in six games since then too. It's another away trip after that. Accrington Stanley, n- notoriously a fixture in our calendar that we never seem to win. Last game before Christmas will be MK Dons at home. They're currently six points from safety. Really tough Boxing Day journey to Exeter City. They've had a cracking start to life in League One. They've won just as many league games as we have at the time of recording, which is uh, <laughs> something to behold. Uh, then, as we mentioned earlier, Ipswich and Charlton at home to round off the month before FA Cup third round action against Tottenham. What does a successful month look like for you? What are you looking for points return-wise and in terms of league position? Well, I, I think we don't need to lose sight of the fact that if you win 60% of your games, you're going to be very much up at the top of the league at the end of the season. So we shouldn't be going into this thinking we're going to win every game. Because if you look at that run, Wickham away, that is a tough game. Wickham are a strong physical side. That is going to be a very difficult game to go and win. If we can get some points there, that would be an incredible result. Accrington away, I think we should go there and beat them. If I'm honest, I think we should go beat Accrington away. We struggled to do that. Obviously, you've got the, done that the EFL years. trophy. I'm really not fussed yeah, about. A- that, anything yeah. can happen at that point. MK Dons at home. I think we can get some good points there. Extra away is going to be a tough one to go to. I'm not saying we can't win it because we need to go into the attitude of we can win it and we should be aiming to get three points in every game we go to. But it's extra are a tough side. They've always been a bit of a bogey team for us anyway. Um so if we can go there and even get a draw out of that, I'd be ecstatic, to and be honest. never remembered a happy night at St. James's Park in Exeter. No. And put it this way, Ipswich and Plymouth have already beaten Exeter this season. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, they've been on an incredible run of form, those two. But what I'm saying is if you're looking to be that 60% up yeah. at the top, you've got to replicate what other sides can do. Yeah, well, if you look at that, we've got one, two, three, four, five league games throughout December. So if we can win three of those, you know, if we can manage a win at Wickham, manage a win at Accrington, and manage a win at MK, if we lose to Exeter and we lose to Ipswich, it's not the end of the world. I'm not saying that's what I want us to do, but those but are your those, two. Those are the good two, way to lose. Those, <laughs> those are the positive spin on a losing situation, I guess. But uh, you know, Ipswich at home, I think that's a good opportunity for us. They're going to be coming to us though after we've beaten them two 0 with that ambition of hammering us, aren't they? They're not. Do gonna... you remember the last time at Fratton Park, the four 0 Remember it, that one? Was it four 0 mm. against Ipswich? For the, for Ipswich, it was. Oh right. You don't remember that? No. I've wiped that from my memory. Mm. <laughs> That's been vanished. That has been taken out of my memory banks until you re-inputted it in there. I remember I was... it vividly that night. That was horrendous. Yeah. Luckily, you weren't there, I don't think. No. No. I wasn't there a lot last year, it must be said. No. Uh, not out of um, massive choice. There was a lot of You're... things going on personally at that point. You're actually coming to MK Dons? I am going to MK Dons mm. on uh, Saturday the 17th of December. So anyone wants to come say hello and have a chat, you're more than welcome. Pop up and see us and we'll have a little chinwag about the game. Yeah, I don't think many people will be lining up to come and see you, if I'm honest. No, no for you. <laughs> well, come see you, mate, come see us, as in Tom. Don't worry, there's... Um, I'll just be there holding a camera. There's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of that anyway. It's been a little while since I've last brought Ollie along, at least to a Fratton Park game. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to you seeing what, what we get up to. You get some interesting half-time interviews with Dan and John. Dan and John, class. Love a bit of Dan great, and John. Great guys. So points return, what are you talking 10 to 12 out of 15? I think we should look for... If we can manage 11 points out of that... 11's your number, is it? Three wins and two draws, that would be incredible. I think that would be a great return on investment. You're not going to lose any of those games in December? I'm not you think saying, we're going to be unbeaten I'm in not, the month of I'm December? I'm not saying we're going to be unbeaten. No, I think if we get 11 points, that would be incredible. I think that will really okay. show... If we do, that will really push push us up there, won't it? What's, very... your, what's your realistic prediction? Realistically, nine points I'd be happy with. Nine points from 15 is not a bad return. No. That's very much your 60% that you initially established yeah. the conversation around. So Yeah, it literally is 60%, yeah. Smack on. That's why I said it. Bang on the Thanks. number, mate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. That's, it is exactly. I did that 60%. maths in my head as well. It's exactly yeah. 60%. I, I wasn't sure because you're a bit of a dunce. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and Ollie calls Tom a dunce in the 38th minute of the podcast. So that's a highlight for everyone. Um, just finally, then, my, my last little question was um, in terms of league position, little tail end part of the question. Bear in mind that by the time we've got through all of December's fixtures, most teams are playing five in December. I think actually everyone will end up playing five because we've. We've all got that midweek one at the end of December and then we've all got those the, the Saturdays through and then everyone's got a Boxing Day fixture. Um, I know there's a few Friday nights coming up tomorrow and then there's a couple on Saturday and then us on Sunday. But you're looking at that league position, we will still have a game in hand on all those teams above us because that game in hand is not happening in December. So bear in mind Pompey will still be we won. We are playing Bolton. Not in December, we're not. Are we not? No. What no, we're not. Bolton's I January. I don't know why. No, I don't know Bolton why and MK in my head. Very strange. No one's ever done that before. But there you go. First time. They're close together in. geographically. Mm, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. They both play in... No, they don't even both play in completely white, do they? Well, let's skim over that and let's move on. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll still have that same situation where we've basically got game in hand each on Bolton and Barnsley and we've got two games in hand on everyone above us from that point on. 
on the top four, which is always helpful. Where are we going to be? Do you, do, you, do you actually think that by the end of December, being where we are now, wouldn't actually be horrendous? But I not think, far from, from I those I think we playoffs. should be fourth. Okay. I think if we get nine points, we'll end up fourth. Okay. I think there'll be a lot of teams that drop points around Christmas. I think a lot of teams get a bit lackadaisical with the whole Christmas period. A lot of players will as well because they want to go home. See, It's a tough time to be a player, let's face it, because mm. your Christmas day is going to be very much Driving broken to up with... <laughs> yeah, if you're a Pompey player, yeah. You know, so you're going to have that and it's going to be quite difficult, isn't it? You're not going to have, have a lot of time to spend your family. You're not going to really be able to relax on wine, have a massive roast, have a few beers, have some wine, whatever you want. So... It's going to be a bit broken up and, and some players will, will feed on that and they'll come out and they'll take advantage of the situation. Some players will be a little bit quieter and more reserved because they'll feel like they're missing out on their family in the festive period and that is going to impact people. So It's a very humanised way to look at it. Yeah. I like that view. Also, a lot of teams are going to be saying, right, let's get a really good five games out of the Christmas-December period. Exactly. I think everyone's going to be setting up to think, right, let's have a really good festive football yeah. season. Well, it's very thick and fast, isn't it? You know, two quick games after Christmas. Yes. We're not going to repeat that message from Dad that's just been sent no. through. but Showing his old age. Showing his old age. Um, thank you very much for that. Enjoyable. You think fourth? I think fourth is achievable, yeah. And um, It's only two points in it. And I think if we have that run of three wins in there and maybe a draw, that we should be that should be enough for us to make up two points on someone like Peterborough over that period. Yeah, I like the sound of that. And, and if we can go into that above Peterborough, or at least above Bolton and Barnsley... The thing is, those top three are miles away from everyone at the minute, aren't they? Yeah, there's, you... a, there's a three-game gap between fourth and third, isn't there, really? Yeah, so, so we, we need to kind of get ourselves in and in amongst that and be but that's four where you points can, off Sheffield Wednesday and then, then we're in a sensible place. You can then use that, that game in hand to your advantage massively, can't you? Yeah. Right, that's it from us. Thank you. That's, um, I was about to say, that's the longest podcast we've ever done, but we've only ever done one previously to this. So <laughs> we, um, you know, take the rough with the smooth. We'll be back this time next week as a result of the Wickham game. We'll have had a 4-0 Monday live between now and then as well to continue the conversation. Um, we will then be looking forward to a trip to Accrington, which I will actually be doing this time in seven days' time. I'll be leaving in the morning to head off to Accrington on Friday, off to London Heathrow to fly to Manchester, would you believe? Yes, I'll am flying. I know that look gives me everything I need to know about that. Very bougie to fly up north to away games up it north. Is Did quite, you know that? Isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's bougie, very, isn't it? It just just shows how successful you are these days, Tom, in Thanks. your channel and everything you're doing for the club. You know you're doing very well, and I'm very proud of you as a brother. So it's nice to see that you can afford to fly on a plane. <laughs> Most people will be stuck in a van or a bus or something. Well, I remember when I went to Wigan once, we had someone in the boot. Nice. <laughs> I will then be driving to Fleetwoods. It's not all glam, glam. <laughs> um, whenever that gets rearranged for the Tuesday night. Right, anything else you'd like to say to the people listening to probably their first 4-0 podcast that they've ever listened to? No, just thank you for your support, guys, really, more than anything. Um, you know, this wouldn't be what it is without you guys. And, yeah, hope if you have any points or things you want us to cover or some interesting facts you want us to look at, then, yeah, send them through. We'd be more than happy to look at that and get your points of view as well. Thanks very much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Bye from us. Oh, play up Pompey. Play up Pompey.